0: Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. My name is Catherine Zinkina, and I'm a manifestation expert, master mindset coach, and multiple seven-figure entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you achieve everything that you once thought was impossible. If you're looking to massively up-level your life, your finances, your relationships, your productivity and success, then you have come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is to help you see the infinite potential within yourself to be do and have anything that your heart desires think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going leave it to me to provide you with the tools the resources the strategies and teachings that you need to manifest a reality wilder than your wildest dreams i know we're about to have so much fun together so thank you so much for pushing play today and now let's begin If you've been wanting to master the art of manifesting money and cultivate a lighter, more enjoyable, more feminine, and dare I say, pleasurable approach to creating more money in your life, look no further because Sovereign Money is about to relaunch in just a couple of days. In fact, it opens up on Monday, May 20th, which is literally just around the corner. And this launch, I am doing something that I've never done before for everyone who gets on the wait list. I am giving you $100 off of your enrollment into Sovereign Money, and I'm opening the doors one day early with that $100 off special. This is only available to those who get on the waitlist before Sunday the 19th, and it will expire once we launch to the public on May 20th. Don't wait. You can get on the wait list right now by going to manifestationbabe.com slash SM. That's S as in sovereign, M as in money. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash SM for that $100 off of your enrollment into Sovereign Money. All right, Lana, we are live. You are in the studio. I'm so happy to have you. How are you doing? I'm
1: great. I'm glad to be
0: here. Okay. I'm going to move the mic closer to you. Londa is obviously not, you know, she's more BTS as a COO. She's not on the podcast very often. So I kind of will coach her every now and then to speak into her mic. But we're going to do this because we fucking got this. (laughs) All right, you guys, this is the episode that I've been teasing for a while now. I've teased it in basically every episode that I've launched so far in the new year, which had a lot to do with business. It was never my intention to be so business heavy, but I feel like these questions always come in, in the Q and A boxes whenever I do them, if I'm traveling or through, you know, my students or if I'm doing it for the podcast and these questions, they're just so like left field in, you know, um, in comparison to like what I'm, you know, the majority of the other questions are. So I figured that maybe I just create some content for you guys that just answer all of your business questions all in one episode that you can go back to um over and over and over again. So Londa is the queen of running manifestation, babe. She is the manager of our team. She's the hiring person. She is just literally everything. Like it even doesn't make sense to just call you COO because you literally do everything. Um, and you guys are always asking me like, Catherine, how do you manage your team? And I always joke and I say, I don't, but Londa does. So Londa, I'm so excited to have you here. I'm pretty nervous, but I'm excited (laughs) to be here too. (laughs) Okay. So the very first question, I did a Q&A box, of course, and everyone has been so excited to hear your answers. But before we get into the nitty gritties, can you just kind of share what your background is? Like, How the hell did you end up on this team in the first place? Yeah, pretty randomly.
1: Um, So I did my undergrad degree in business and Arabic and Middle East studies at USC. And then I spent about 10 years working in international education. So everything from teaching kids uh, English in other countries to um, taking U.S. students abroad, just like a gamut of things in the international education space and intercultural relations space.
0: Did you say you lived in Egypt for three years? Because it's a big deal.
1: Um, I lived in Egypt off and on for almost 10 years. I would go back oh. and forth between them. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, and I lived in Iraq for a year and a half and taught English and math there.
0: Like it's nothing, like no um, big deal. Okay, go on. <laughs> and so
1: I, I really love uh, international education and I love showing people like what's out there and like really having them check their beliefs and like why they believe the things that they do believe. Um, And then... <laughs> Well, I was um, <clears throat> motivated by my student loan debt to leave higher education, and so I took a job in the cannabis space. Man, such a poor life choice. Well, but it got me here, so it wasn't the worst choice of my life, but it wasn't a positive one either. Um, so I was managing like a bunch of cannabis operations, which I, I'm not even sure I should say that out loud, but that's fine. And um, anyway, so I was doing that, and then I got arrested and charged with three felonies, and... Um, well, I had a good lawyer, I guess, so I did not go to jail. Yay. But, um, I was in a position where I was like, okay, I have to clearly leave this space. This is not for me. Um, and I started like thinking about what I really wanted and I knew it was definitely not that. Um, and I I think it gave that, that polarity of that job and just like how awful it was, um, gave me a lot of clarity around what I did want. And I had, like, no obvious, like, picture of Manifestation Bay, but I had, like, a clear picture of, like, I want to feel valued, and I want to feel appreciated, and I want to be able to work from home and travel and set my own schedule. And, like, I just had this random list. I want to help people. I still want to make an impact in people's lives,
0: which I definitely didn't feel like I was really doing in (laughs) cannabis. I mean, I'm sure
1: I was in some way, but it didn't feel that
0: way. It didn't have much to do with cannabis itself. It's more so about the people in the industry.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just such a an industry on the on the line in that gray zone. Especially when I was in there, it was like, you know, like what's allowed and what's not allowed. And I tried to run it like a business, like I tried to run it like manifestation, babe. <laughs> um, it just didn't really work that way. So, um, you know, it's come a long way since then. But uh, I found myself in a position where I really had some clarity around what I did want to do, and so I was like applying for jobs. I found manifestation, babe. I was like, I had just kind of gotten into that sort of personal development space, made my first vision board. Um, I remember my first thing on my vision board was, um, I am not a criminal. So that was cool. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so I I manifested that. Um, And so, yeah, I just found the job. And then like when I read the description, I just like knew and then everything kind of fell into place. And the thing that I love the most about being here is that every day is different. Um, I have a lot of autonomy and freedom to like make choices and decisions. And I feel insanely supported and valued by Brendan and Catherine. And that's exactly what I was looking for. So,
0: okay. I want to give some context from our side when we hired you. So, um, you guys have heard this story before in the podcast and if you haven't, it's somewhere in there. I never remember the, the episodes and the titles and the numbers, but if you've been here for a while, you've heard this story where, literally right before Bren and I went on vacation to Australia, like everything fell apart and we started from zero. And I was free. I literally thought that was the end of the business. I was like, okay, that was a fluke. We did this for a year. Um, and that's it. Business is done. Like we're just going to do this one last hurrah in Australia, like try a launch. Like we literally had a launch while we were in Australia. And um, and then what Bren and I found out was that just the two of us together, we ended up doubling our revenue The f- like January of 2018 from December of 2017. And I remember looking at Brennan and being like, this was the issue the whole time. We are the muscle and we had fat on our team. So we need to cut the fat and keep the muscle. So from this point forward, we're only hiring fuck yes people who are muscle and we are never hiring fat again. And he's like, "Oh my god, that's the best analogy. You're so right." Blah 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 blah. And so, because I ended up hiring all the people beforehand that ended up like falling apart, Brennan was like, "You're not hiring anybody." And I'm like, "Okay." And so, Brennan, um, I was actually in the mastermind at that time, and there's a couple people who had teams and stuff like that. So this one guy helped us create and craft like the perfect um, what do you call it? Job description. description. Job yeah. description. Yeah. And uh, did we put it on Indeed? Is that what we've been doing this whole time? I think that's where we found – I think that's where I found it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too because we were just literally like, okay, we are starting from ground zero. Help us. And so this amazing guy in the mastermind, he gave us this description. We just like tailored it to Manifestation Babe. And then Brennan was the one to get on, you know, all the calls and the hiring and all the interviews and stuff like that. And I'll never forget. um, And what were we hiring for? It was just an executive assistant, right? It was literally, we just needed somebody. It was like a body to do all the things. We needed somebody. (laughs) And a lot of you are asking like, who should my first hire be? It needs to be just somebody to help you. Like somebody to take things off your plate. Somebody to take off um, all those things that like, for example, perhaps you are the creative of your business. And all of the non-creative things are taking away from your creativity. And your creativity is the thing that's generating your revenue. So obviously, the person you're hiring needs to take all those things off your plate. And um, you were just supposed to be our like person who can do everything, right? And so I'll never forget, we were in our studio at the time. And Brennan was like, man, this Londa girl, I just love her so much. And I'm like, Okay. And he's like, but there's also this other girl that I love so much too. And so we ended up hiring both. And, um, and Londa actually was the one to come on our Bali retreat. Like literally, I think that was like your assignment. That was your assignment was to craft the Bali retreat. Um, for the, cause we always give like a test for people before we hire them. And your test was to craft the Bali retreat, like the schedule and stuff, which is a hilarious assignment now that I think about it, because it's literally like your expertise with your students. And so we were, and the reason why that was our test is because Brent and I literally had a Bali retreat coming up like two or three weeks. I think after you were hired, like we had to fly to Bali and do another Bali retreat. We had nothing prepared. And, um, and so I literally met you like the day before we went on the ball of your tree and then we were in the same room. So we were roomies for like 10 whole days. And then Brennan was roomies with Zach, who's now like one of our besties as our videographer for like 10 days. And that's kind of like the start of like the OG manifestation, babe team was like the three of us. That was like the exact, like, obviously it grew. And I want to ask you questions of like, how did you evolve to where you are today? But that was like the start of the exec team. And the exec team, just for context, you guys, it comes from you know how we structured our team comes from the book Traction. And um, our exec team is me, Londa, and Brennan. So we meet now every single week um, for exec meetings and for our annual and quarterly meetings. It's also we always have an exec meeting first, and then we have a full team meeting. So that's kind of how we're structured. So how did you go from executive assistant to running the fucking company? Um, <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> I think it's, um, I don't, I don't say no to a lot of things. Um, and I'm also pretty resourceful. So, you know, I think my first week, uh, Brennan was like at uh, an event and yeah, it was a financial trip. Yeah, for Tony Robbins. And he was like, uh, there's this thing called infusion soft. Uh, Just could, could you watch it. some videos about it? <laughs> Um, and I was like, yeah, sure. We were so lost. And (laughs) um, so I just learned a lot. I was like very self motivated. I was like, okay, clearly no one's gonna like show me what I'm doing here. So I showed myself a lot of things. I asked a lot of questions, I had my own ideas. Um, and obviously Brennan and Catherine were like open to hearing them and letting me have autonomy to like come up with things, and um, that just kept building and building. And like over time, you know, the trust is there and um obviously execution clear is there. that
0: Londa was a fucking rock star and we struck gold with her. Like we got so lucky with Londa. It was so obvious to us. I also think that, you
1: know, when you look at people in the online space, um, you have this. Actually, I, I had the same feeling, actually. I'm going to tell you this story now. Okay. okay so um <laughs> I tell? think I saw something that was like, oh, and like my team, they just like left. And in my mind, I'm like, why did they just leave? Like, she's probably fucking crazy. And so I was like, well, I guess we'll see how this goes. And, um, so I definitely thought maybe like your previous person left because you were like really actually a psycho. Um, but you, but you were, not in fact, um, I think that was the thing I love the most about you is like the person that you are on social media is who you actually are in real life. And you're just easy to be around and you're, You're, like, not afraid to share anything. Like, you're not afraid to share the spotlight. You're not afraid to share knowledge. You're not afraid to, like, bring people with you in building this empire. Like, you are so sharing and open to that. Like, you're not, like, my idea is the only way for it to be done. And, like, that's something that I respect deeply about you. And I think that's something that I try to take to the rest of the team is, like, no one here – is like running the show per se. You know, we all have our own ideas. We all have ownership over our parts and we're all here just like contributing the best ideas because at the end of the day, the only thing that really matters is the mission of what we do, which is like helping women or people to transform their lives. And I think everybody is so lit up by that, that that drives everyone
0: on this team. It's so much bigger than the individual. And like anytime anyone ever calls me or Brennan, like boss, we start laughing because I'm like, I'm not nobody's boss. Like that just sounds so weird to me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm the face, I'm the owner, whatever. But like I really do know and I'm humble enough to admit that like I wouldn't be here without the team. So um going in going from that. Someone asked, "How do you handle the stress slash fear that your team knows more than you, Londa? How would you answer that question?" So these are literally your guys's questions that you submitted. So I'm just gonna do some like rapid fires. The truth is, is that I mean,
1: I I presume that you started a business at some point so that you could have some type of freedom, and part of freedom is not fucking knowing everything. Like there's no reason you as the owner of a business to know every single detail like if that were the case then I mean why don't you just do it all yourself like that's not really helping you I think it has to do with trust you have to be able to trust your team trust and if and trust that they're gonna ask questions or follow up like if you know like they have some issues or questions that they can't actually address like it's not like you just send them off and are like Hope that all works out. I mean, like, (laughs) that's why we have, you know, team meetings and we have quarterly meetings so we can all make sure we have the same vision. But at the end of the day, it's really just like, you don't want to fucking know every single detail that would just consume your brain. Like Catherine is here to like create big picture ideas, like convey a message, teach about manifestation. Catherine doesn't need to know how we have set up the details of our email campaign funnel. like Or the two-factor authentication on Facebook. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm just like, no, no, because her mind should be cleared to like download information that's relevant to teaching, not um, all of those details. So I think you should be able to let that go so that you can free up your mental
0: space to be in your zone of genius. Mm-hmm. Londa's truly a magical person. She, might I add that she also planned her wedding? Like Londa's like, oh my God. I We got so insanely lucky with you. And a lot of people, the number one question that I get, especially from our entrepreneur friends is like, how do I hire a Londa? Where do I find a Londa? And I think that a lot of people are under the impression that their first hire needs to be someone as high level as who you are today. And I'm just curious, like someone asks, as a coach, someone's a coach, they are just them and their PA, which we're assuming is personal assistant at the moment. When is the right time to hire a Londa? And I love that we coined it a Londa because literally all of our entrepreneur friends, me and Brennan, they're like, how do I find a Londa? Londa, help me find a Londa. <laughs>
1: Um, so shout out to whoever's PA that is. Um, that should be you. Um, I think, I think really like if you have a PA who's there, who's with you from the beginning, if you are valuing that person and you are giving them the autonomy to like take action, take things off your plate and you trust them, like why wouldn't they be your Londa? is really a better question. I think like truth is when I started, I had absolutely zero knowledge about online digital marketing at all. Like, I, I don't know anything. I didn't know anything about it. Um, so I think it had nothing to do with whether or not I had the good specific skill set. Like, do you know how to use Infusionsoft and build an email funnel? And like, no, but I know how to Google shit. And I am very resourceful and I can ask people and I can get the information that I need to figure it out. I can hire other people down the line who can really own in on that expertise. But like in the beginning, you don't need a bunch of experts. You need a bunch of generalists to like really help you get shit done.
0: Mm-hmm. And it really evolves from there. Um, what do you look for when hiring someone to be on the team? Do and I like this person? Like MB specific? Yeah.
1: Do I like this person? I and I I don't mean that in like a if I didn't hire you, I don't like you. I mean that in like. <laughs> My first glance is like I'm going to read this these application questions, which are things I actually care to read. Like I don't care what your strengths and weaknesses are. I don't care, you know. I don't care about these general traditional interview questions. Really, I want to know like if I'm reading, you know, questions about you. Like, what's your what would you your superpower be? Or like, if you wrote a book about yourself, what would you call it? Or tell me a story about your. Favorite pet story. Like, I just want to know what kind of person you are. Like, could I imagine having a conversation with you? Like, would I feel engaged in that conversation? Could I see you having conversations with other people on this team? Like, can I find a point of connection with you? Because if I can't find that, you're not going to be a good fit. You're probably a good person. You're probably a hard worker. You're probably very qualified, but you're not the right fit for this space. Um, and so for me, it's like definitely an intuitive knowing, like I can read that and be like, oh yeah, I could totally see how they get along with this person or this person or, oh, they totally hit it off with them about that. Or, oh, I loved this answer. This really relates to this other thing. But if I don't like, if I don't catch that, uh, it's, it's just a no, there's too many applications for me to go any other way. Obviously, once I've been like, okay, this is a person I could like get down with, we could have a conversation because obviously they're on your team. You are going to have many conversations with them about (laughs) many things that are not just your work. Once you know if they're like, oh, yeah, I could get down with this person, then you can look to see like, oh, okay, well, what kind of skills do they have? And like, what's their work history like? And, you know, all of those other pieces. But like none of that really matters if it's not a person you could see yourself spending 40 plus hours of your work week with.
0: Yeah. I love that you break it down in that hierarchy. Can you share a little bit about like core values and how we hire with our core values? Yes. So our core values are ownership, um, and that's really like: are you
1: resourceful? Do you take risks? Are you a blamer, or do you um, take ownership over your your part? Are you looking at solutions? Are you accountable? Like that's what ownership means to me. Are you thinking about new ideas and like running them forward? Are you you know holding back? Are you waiting? Um, So that's ownership for me. Be a manifestation, babes, our second value. That to me really means like I am really here showing up as the best version of myself and putting effort into that, whether that's personally or professionally, hopefully both. Um, Are you teaching people on your team? Are you teaching each other? Are you learning from other people? Like, can you be taught and can you learn? I mean, those things are important. Can you teach other people and can you learn? Sorry. Um, Because this is obviously a space of growth and it's, we used to have it say grow or goodbye actually. Yeah, and it morphed it into says. be a manifestation bay, but it's really true because it's like, if you're a person who's just kind of like, this is fine. Like, dude, you're in the wrong space. Like this is yeah. not going to be a good fit. You're going to feel weird as hell you're being with these drown. other people. This is not going to be a, like a comfortable spot for you. So, um, I think growth is really important to us. And then, um, being in integrity with self and others is our last core value. And I think that really speaks to like, do you do what you say you're going to do? Um, and if you can't do it, do you communicate to people why? Um, and that's like a really big thing. Cause when we have a lot of moving pieces and a lot of moving parts, um, and there isn't a traditional hierarchy where you have your boss, like breathing down your neck and like micromanaging the shit out of you, you gotta be able to like, you know, hold yourself accountable and be accountable to your teammates.
0: What does your daily life look like as COO?
1: Hmm. Well, it changes all the time. Um, Actually, I I, I want to speak on this point of work-life balance. I was just talking to somebody else about this. Work-life balance is like such a shitty notion to me because it's like my job sucks so fucking hard and so I have to balance it with my life. <laughs> and I really hate that. It's like so depressing to me. I wish for everyone to have a job that they like love and is like a part of their life and their identity in addition to all of the other pieces and parts of their identity. Um, and so – we have this like work-life integration vibe is what I call it, which is like, I'm a person. I have like multifaceted things going. So like, let's say today, today I woke up, I did some coffee drinking, check the emails,
0: uh, practice some language stuff. And then, um, <laughs> I get those notifications every day from Duolingo. It's like, I don't know if it tells me what language you're on, but it's like, Londa just completed her 8,744th day in a row. And I'm like, damn, Londa, I give you a little like. <laughs> nice. So I do that in the morning, every morning. That's
1: part of my morning routine. And then um, today I lifted weights. And then I had a call with one of the team members. And then I had another call with a team member. And then I had like a friend call me in between those. And then I went for a run really quick. And then I had a phone interview. And then... I took a shower, I hung out with my dogs and then I came here to do this. So every single day is different. Like it's always changing. And I love that. And also it, it accommodates my life inside of it. So it's like, it's not like I go to work from nine to five and then I close my computer and now I have the rest of my life. It's like, they're all so integrated. So every day I always make time to exercise. I always make time for people on the team. I'm always available Not nine to five, always. I am always available to people on the team if they need something. Um, And I'm always available to Brent and Catherine if they need something. But it's also not like um, exploitation or something where I feel like I never have any time to myself. I have plenty of time. It's just spread out differently. So it might be like I have lunch with a friend in the middle of the day or I take a Friday off or... There's just so much more flexibility in having something called work-life integration than work-life balance.
0: So this is kind of like a double-edged sword that we experience with like <clears throat> traditional corporate nine-to-fivers who have like work trauma. Is it's so much fun to hire those people because we know that we're going to blow their minds. But at the same time, they have a hard time like trusting us or like trusting that we're, we actually care. Can you just kind of like talk about like what that transition looks like for people who came from like a nine to five and like what we do differently in our team culture that makes this place such a great experience that other entrepreneurs can also implement?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think number one, first and foremost, is that like everybody actually likes each other which I think is rare for, like, an office environment for you to, like, actually – I mean, you know, maybe you, like, mostly like people, but you got, like, that one person that you're just like, ugh. But (laughs) we don't have that here. We just all really like each other, Um, which makes, you know, working a pleasure because you like the people that you're with. Um, And I already forgot
0: your question, so – um, I was going to say, talk about like some of that transition uh, that yeah. people experience, like when they're coming from a nine to five and like what we do differently in terms of team culture. Yes. So one, we like each other Two,
1: <laughs> um, There is no like micromanaging monitoring system. So I'm not like checking on everyone to see, like, did you do the five things you said you were going to do today? I don't even know what their five things are. I mean, the only time I know is when we set our goals in the quarterly. And then we have calls where, you know, they might be like, oh, hey, I had this issue and I want to talk it through. Or what do you think about this? You think this is a good idea? So really I'm more just like a, a sounding board and that's how I get information. I'm not like asking someone to send me a detailed report of what they did each day. Um, so that's different. And I think there's also just like, you know, people will be like, uh, could I could I make a doctor's appointment? And I'll be like, uh, please, please please don't ever ask me that again. Or like, <laughs> what time should I come in? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I, whatever don't time care. you, whatever time you come in, I, you know, like, can I take my kid to school? Um, obviously like, I, I feel like there's just like, that is such a different mentality from most jobs. Um, that for people who come from that more traditional work environment are really like, what the hell is going on? But I think once they're in here, they feel
0: pretty good Pretty good. I think a lot of entrepreneurs are under the impression that if they don't micromanage, nothing gets done. And we give a lot of autonomy and freedom. What is your like theory on like why that works so well? Um because when people feel trusted and supported and believed in,
1: they will knock it out of the fucking park for you every fucking time.
0: Damn, mic drop. Okay, what is it like a no-go in a team? Like what are some red flags? Maybe maybe let's break it up in like the hiring process. And then perhaps and like we're lucky to have very, very few of this, if any at all, but like some potential red flags that like someone might notice, you know, after a person is already on the team for like a little while, that would be like a total no go. I don't even know that anybody would make it
1: through that because, like, our hiring process is so long. Okay, so in the hiring process then. Yeah, because our hiring process is, like, We'll, first we'll you talk fill about out, that. Yeah, 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 we'll talk about that next. First okay. you fill out the application, and then you have a phone interview, and then we have a
0: Zoom interview, and then we have an in-person interview Wait, at times. So Okay, so let's talk about that first. So first, there's an application. Literally, like, what was the most amount of people that have ever applied for a job? Um, Just estimate i would say like 3 to 400 3 to 400 okay do you read every single application yes and that's just you yes okay who's doing the phone interviews like what's the how do you like how do you go from application to phone interview so after i read all the um applications i
1: sort them into folders um like i do like yes no maybe although honestly if you're a maybe you're Oh no. Probably no. Um, yeah. but you know, I'm in mean, the first glance I do yes, no, maybe. And then like incomplete, like perhaps you didn't send in all the things I need. And then after I have all the yeses, I go through them and read them in context now. Cause now I'm just looking at yeses with yeses as opposed to like a definite no and a yes. So I look at all the yeses and then I narrow that down usually to 20. Cause I can't do more than 20 phone interviews. I mean, I have, but that's kind of where I try to cap it. So I make a list of 20 phone interviews. I make a spreadsheet. The spreadsheet usually has like, you know, where are they located? What are what was my
0: general vibe? Little notes that I want to ask them about or remember we about We do them. like a 1 to 10 scale, right? Because like you always ask us for that number. Do you do that yourself? No, I
1: don't do that in the application part. Okay. I do it in the phone interviews. But in the application, it's really just like I read their application. I'm like, is this a person that I could see on the team? Yes or no. And then I will put them... And again, like if I ever rejected you, I apologize publicly, but like I said, <laughs> there's a lot of them. And so it's never a personal yeah, thing. It's, never it's personal. more like, is this person going to fit with the people that are already here? Um. So that is what I look for. And then I pick the top 20. I put notes on them, each of them. And then I set up phone interviews, the phone interviews. I have people from the team join on the phone interviews. So whoever is available. Literally doesn't matter. Anybody's open to do it. We do the phone interviews. You always have
0: one other person, right? So it's like teams of two. You and one other person.
1: Unless there's like a fluke or whatever. I can't get anybody on that one. But yeah, usually there's two of us. And we go through just some basic interview questions. We talk about, we introduce ourselves. We, you know, talk a little bit more about the position. And then we have just like, a few conversation starters like what are you really really like and you know like person cuz obviously writing and speaking are different and that gives me two different perspectives cuz you know i'm maybe more of a speaking person than a writing person or vice versa so i get a vibe um from the call we connect after the call we rate them on a scale of 1 to 10 based on whether or not we think they'd be a good fit for the team at this point we're still not even looking that hard to know if you have the skills right now as we're still right. measuring fit yeah 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 um, and then once we know that you're fit, um then we do a zoom interview with me, you and Brennan, and the zoom interview is really the opportunity for us to ask more technical questions, like okay, like you're a good fit, but like do you also know how to do this job mm-hmm. um and, and then' that's
0: t- usually like five
1: people, yeah, like usually five, yeah, okay, and then we typically do some type of assessment like. Okay, cool. So you said you can do the thing, but can you actually do the thing? And then once we have that, you know, maybe we have an in-person interview or we just choose it based off of the assessment. Um, but that has that system has worked very, very well up to this point. Now there are certain times where we get to the very end of that whole process. Gonna bring that up. Mm -hmm. And it's still a no. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I think, oh man, I went through all that. Like, and I it's yeah, uh, uh, but I would rather have it be a no and start over, and I have done this a number of times. I will start over because I would rather have it be a no than a maybe.
0: Mm-hmm. Like if
1: it's not a fuck yes, we have to start over.
0: Mm-hmm. And we have like one position took us three rounds in a row. I'll never forget. It was the most frustrating process, but like they say, hire slow, fire fast. Like you want to make sure it is the right person. It's the right butt in the right seat, as you know, we say in traction. And once it is, like you can fully, once that person's trained, of course, um, you can fully let go, like knowing it's the right person. You trust them, they trust you, like things are good, rather than always like having that voice in the back of your head being like, mm, was it the right decision? And then you make it an awkward situation. Like let's say it's not, and you have to let that person go. It just, you can just avoid that by hiring super slow. Um, Okay. I've like a million questions in a million directions as you were talking about talking, but like, let's go back to like the red flag. Like what's a red flag that you see in like any of those stages, whether it's application or interview or, you know, obviously I can talk about like the zoom part cause I'm there or the assessment part, but I'm just curious like what you consider to be a red flag.
1: Um, yeah. Like if you write really, 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 really short answers, I'm just like, cool. I if I'm going to take the time to read your answers, like maybe put like some time and effort into writing answers. And I get it. Like when you're applying for jobs, you're applying to so many things and it's like shitty, but you know, I don't know who's reading those applications, probably no one, but I am in fact reading these applications. (laughs) And so I would like to actually (laughs) hear your answers. Um, and also I can't tell much about you. Like you're just, I could read your job experience and I could read your like one sentence example, but like that's if you like really let yourself show through, cause I'm looking for authenticity, right? I'm looking for someone who's like really willing to show who they actually are. And I can see it. Like, you know, you'll see people who are like clearly like this is a job application and I'm mm-hmm. like just writing my job application questions or answers. <laughs> and then you have someone who's like, Oh my gosh. And blah, 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 blah. Like wants to tell you everything. And I love those kinds of people because those kinds of people fit well here. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, we all like each other and know about each other's lives and are involved in each other's lives. And so, you know, someone who has nothing to say is gonna be kind of a weird dynamic. So I'm looking for someone who's got stuff to say and is authentic and true to who
0: they are. I would say from my perspective, I'm always filtering people through our core values. And I know like we've had situations where we've gotten like really close. Like like I said, like the the final person ended up being a no um, in many instances. And we just like we don't give up. We don't say fuck it. let's just hire them anyway. Um, we just start over. And most of the time it's because they did something that broke the, uh, one of our core values. And like obviously they don't really know what those are, but like we have to hire according to those. And whether or not we're like vocal about our core values, like the right person is going to fit into all of them anyway, automatically. Um, where okay, so let's say someone's ready to hire someone. Where do they post an application? Like where are some good places that we found good people? I mean, I think most everybody we found on
1: Indeed. Indeed is like, easy to set up. It's, I, I, I totally manipulate and go around their system. Sorry, Indeed, but um, <laughs> I actually hate the way Indeed works. Uh, so I've set it up so that basically they submit their stuff and then I just select them all and send them a letter that is our actual instructions for applying. Mm, okay. So I kind of work the Indeed system because I don't really like their system. Uh, but there's a lot of people there. That's like yeah. we always have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of applicants on every position.
0: Yeah, I agree. What would be considered like a good, like let's say an entrepreneur is ready to hire? Like, what would be um your advice for creating like a good um job description? Well, it should speak to who you actually are. I think
1: that's why I liked the job description that you guys wrote because A, it gave me a clear picture of what kind of people you were. And the type of person you were looking for the role. And it wasn't, no, it wasn't like you should be able to use the internet and, you know, I don't know. It D- didn't have like all these like technical specifications. It was like more general. Like, are you this kind of person? Mm, yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, like I'm that person. And I see that because I recycle that kind of language a lot because it's really attractive. Like it really pulls people in. I see people writing the thing all the time. Oh my God, I felt like you wrote this about me. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, I yeah, you know. Yeah. And so that's that's what you're trying to draw out. Like, who are you looking for? What kind of person do you want around? What kind of person do you want to support you? Because like, the truth is, is like, you are a visionary. I am not a visionary. I'm an executor. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, if you had gone out to look for, you know, a visionary, we probably would be in a different situation. But I am not like the person who wants to start my own business. I'm a person that's like, Okay, I don't have the idea, but I know exactly how to execute your idea, and I'm going to do everything I can to get there. So, who are you looking for? What kind of person do you want to spend your time working? You know, building this thing with? This is like an ideal
0: client exercise. It's literally, also like this is your like manipulation. It's yeah. like your partner, your yeah, soulmate. Yes, your person. ideal client. Like it's the same shit. I think that. I think that creative entrepreneurs, they get so boxed into like the very traditional corporate like format that they don't realize that they can apply their creativity to like hiring because they get to create literally creativity, create the dream team of their dreams. Not just like what so-and-so from like, Fucking Apple says or Google says, you know what I mean? So um, this is a funny question. And I love when Londa talks about this. What do you do when someone doesn't want to listen to their superior, Londa? <laughs> that's hilarious.
1: Um, superior, that's an interesting choice of words. Um I wouldn't I wouldn't use those words. I don't mm-hmm. like we try to keep this as flat as possible. Yes, there's an exec team that's so that we can like guide a general big picture vision. But like at the end of the day, how that big picture vision gets executed is not coming from Catherine's mouth or my mouth. It is coming from every single person on this team. Yeah. You know, we'll be like, okay, you know, executive will be like, we want to have a customer journey. That's it. That's like the direction. And then the team will be like, oh, yes, we could do this. 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 Like all of this shit, these so many fucking great ideas. Why? Because Catherine didn't say I want to do the customer journey and I want it to look exactly like this and you need to do it this way and you're going to do this part and you're going to do this part and this is going to be your part. She's just like, this is an idea. And then everyone's like, oh, nice. And they all bring their own flavor to that. And then we get to just create something that's so incredible because we've used all of the ideas and like the excitement of every single person because everybody has voice. There's no superior here to be like, no, that's a bad idea. I'm sorry. You're, you're stepping out of line here with your ideas.
0: Mm-mm, that's a big no, no. My favorite example is like our photo shoots, because when Rachel came on board, she's a creative director. We're just like, yeah, we need photo shoots on a regular basis. And she literally just like, ever since then, I've never been like, I want it to be in this house and this outfit. Like I'm literally like, okay, Rachel, uh, where do you think the location should be? Uh, and then, you know, she, collaborates with her stylist Kate who then they decide which outfits go with which vibe or whatever and then Rachel literally creates like the whole vision and then I show up literally like we're doing a photo shoot tomorrow in Joshua Tree um or actually this weekend we're driving there tomorrow but I literally just show up on set and I'm like all right Rachel you're the boss and she literally like directs me and tells me what to do because I am entrusting her I hired her to be the creative director I didn't hire her to follow my creative directoring that I don't have. You know what I mean? So this really goes hand in hand with like, um, what was the other question? What was the other question, Londa? Right You're in, supposed to know I'm everything sorry. in my mind. I, okay. I don't know. You're slacking right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got distracted. I was thinking about Rachel's photo shoot. I was just, <laughs> so good at it. <laughs> okay. If that thought comes back to me, I'll come back to me. Um, just super quick. You can be general. What does everyone on Team MB do, all the different roles? And I shared this with Brennan on our podcast episode that like we didn't like, hi- we didn't like think of the roles and then hire those people. Like we literally started with you executive assistant. And then from then on, it was like, okay, what's Londa's zone of genius? Okay. Londa fucking hates doing this part. Okay. Let's hire someone for that part. Okay. This person stepped into their zone of genius. All right. They fucking hate doing this part. We got to hire this part. Now we're missing this part. Now we're going so it literally needs to start with just one person. And then you can plan from there. A lot of people, it's like that whole mistake that people make where they try to line up like the legal and the taxes and the corporation and everything before they even start the business. It's like, it, it will never work that way. So, um, you know, so I kind of shared like how we started and like how that led us to where we are today. So like, can you kind of like share the big picture of where we are today? Like who do we, who we got? Yeah.
1: Yeah, sure. I tried to, I was like, Oh, can I map out their roles? And I was like, well, sort of, um, because of how we do things, there's some nuance to that, but I'll do my best. So, you know, we have, I don't know. Should I call them by their names? Like this is weird. Okay. All right. Team team and B is a shout out time. Okay. So (laughs) we have Vicky on the customer journey. So Vicky's role is really like, are these people getting the transformation that they came for? And like everything about that, like that is Vicky's entire purpose and role here is to figure out how to make sure that the people who come here get the transformation that they came for. It's an entire job here. Did we know that was a job? No, no, no. Not not. until literally last year. Yeah. So that's that's just a thing that we came up with that we were like, clearly we wanted to have. And Vicky was actually a copywriter and she moved into this role. So there's a lot of flexibility just kind of depending on what you like and what lights you up. And then we got Alex. She's our new copywriter. She's amazing. Um, We have Rachel who does like a creative. I'm sorry, guys, if I, you know, hacked any of your titles, but I was just trying to keep them general. It's okay. Um, Sometimes I call you the hiring lady.
0: So it's like fine. It's okay, cool. so
1: Rachel's like creative director and like brand vibe queen. She's like the queen of everything beautiful and like amazing. So Rachel's just got an eye for all things pretty. Um, Sean is customer success. Sean and Jen do customer success. They, um, work in our payments department, but they also work with every client issue that exists out there. Um, not just client issues, but community issues as well. Um, but they have kind of their own areas of focus. Uh, Chelsea works in social media. She's, you know, always in there with those DMs trying to help answer all of your very, very specific questions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Eric is new and he's our tech, he's our tech wizard. Um Hannah is our video editor and video i guess videographer too, so coming in hot with the vlogs um Dalia is also in customer success. I'm sure you all know Dahlia is the one who is answering all of your questions in hello at and is super, super kind and nice to everyone. You should be super kind and nice back to them uh yes, um <laughs> and I will come after you if you're not, I promise. Uh, Rana, Rana's a, she's everything. She does so many great things. So Rana
0: is like Londa, but in Egypt.
1: Yes. And actually, which is
0: funny because it's Egypt. And also fun fact, Londa is taking me and Brennan to Egypt in April and giving us the fucking tour yes, of the country. Yes. And I'm so excited. Um, oh, and she speaks Arabic. Please say something right now. Please. Yeah.
1: Um, and if it's but you're not going to understand anything. So it's okay. Um, shout out team Egypt. That was just for you. Um, so we have Rana Rana. Actually, I saw this question come in. It was about well, like Rana
0: Rana does a show note. So she's gonna be listening to this right now.
1: Yeah. She also does like a million other Hi, things. Hi Rana. Hi Rana. Also, I do want to say, here's a, a thing about, I noticed one of the questions was like, when do you decide to hire international versus local? That's a great question. I don't actually have an answer for it it's because I mean, you can find magic anywhere. Like Um, when we hired Rana, we were like, just look like, it was like a time where there was just like so much stuff and it was like, oh my God, we just need someone to help. And this guy had messaged Catherine in the DMS and was like, oh, like I have these VAs in Egypt. And I was like, I love Egypt. And so I was like, okay. So I got on a call with him and he gave me Rana and Rana
0: is incredible. Rana's like our launch manager. She like oversees the podcast. And this, this woman started as a pharmacist in Canada. And, like, just her whole journey of, like, where she is today and, like, what a freaking rock star she is on the team. And, like, it's just such... She is the Londa of Egypt. (laughs) So that's Rana. We love her. And Zainab is also on Team
1: Egypt, and she kind of oversees, like, the transformations and the collection of social proof and Facebook management. Zainab's, like, so eager and hungry to learn. And so right now, Zainab's really kind of, like moving in between people as they need things. And she just, like, crushes everything. And, so, and Team
0: Egypt are full-time
1: team members. Yes. Okay. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Um So, you know, shout out to Zainab. Also, Myrna, she's our newest e- Team Egypt member. and Her energy is so cute. Every time she shares her gratitude, she's so excited. Yeah. She's always excited. Myrna is always excited. And we love her enthusiasm. And she is in the Facebook management and customer success side of things. So if you get an email... Or you're upset that your Facebook post maybe didn't get approved, you know, don't be a hater because Myrna is like lovely and (laughs) wonderful
0: and doesn't deserve that. (laughs) Okay, this is an interesting question because obviously my answer, I know my answer, but um, do you, Londa, use your intuition slash reading the vibe and energy of someone as part of the hiring process?
1: I never thought in my life I would say this, but yes, 100,000%. It's like definitely a vibe. And I can also tell like, oh, I like this person, but I don't think that they're a good fit. Like yeah. I, I like this person, but I don't think they're a good fit for Catherine's energy or I don't think they're a good fit for Brennan's energy or, or whoever else. So yeah, I'm all, I'm checking a pulse on my own intuition, but I can also catch a vibe. Like, is this, is there energy going to mesh with other
0: people's energy on the team? Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh last question is a selfish question. What is your favorite thing about working with Catherine Brennan and the MB team? Um, I love them all so much. They're like legit my family. I mean,
1: like straight up orphan here. I mean, they are my family. Mm -hmm. And I have never felt so appreciated and so valued and so supported by Brennan and Catherine and this whole team. Like, it's so exciting to work in a place where like everybody is just as like lit up and excited about what we're doing. And, you know, we all care about the people who come here for the transformation. We are all seeking transformation ourselves.
0: And- Everyone does MBA, every single person on the team.
1: Yes. And there's just like a commitment to helping us all show up as the best version of ourselves. You know, like I decided to run the Tough Mudder and I got, you know, two of our team members, Jen and Rachel are running the Tough Mudder with me. And I'm so grateful to them. Like, this is my family. And so I've I i I've heard in other spaces, you know, like don't hire people and treat them like your family. I was going like, to ask you, what this. if you have to fire them? And I'm just like you know what? If you have people who work for you and you treat them like your family and you're picking the right people, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're not just like picking people who are here like to exploit you. Like obviously that's why you hire slow is to kind of catch a vibe on that. Mm -hmm. Also, those people who are here to exploit you are not going to fucking last in an environment of other people who are like your number one fucking fan, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like if you don't hire those kinds of people and you hire players and you treat them as though they are part of your family and you treat them the way that they deserve to be treated and you give them your trust and autonomy and encouragement and, and value, dude, they're going to show up for you every fucking time. They, I probably already said that, but that's like the truth. That is really, really the truth. Like if you are valued and appreciated, you will
0: show up and do your best fucking work. Ooh, last question. Actually, can you just quickly talk about psychological safety? Yes. And why that's a huge piece of why our team works. Yes.
1: Psychological safety is like Psychological safety is like being able to say, hey, um, I didn't like the way this happened or what you said hurt my feelings or, you know, when you did that, it really pissed me off, <laughs> whatever it is. And knowing that you have the safe space to have a conversation about that. And that is something that Brennan and Catherine do like nobody I've ever met, you know, uh, especially Brennan. Brennan is very, very good at that. You know, I'll be like, hey, B, you did this thing are like really upset me. And he'll be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry.
0: Like, I didn't even know. I'm yeah, so sorry. Like, yeah. It's just
1: like having that space to s- speak and to be heard is huge. And the same thing with the team. If the team is like, hey, Londa, we actually think we want to have the meetings differently instead of doing them this way. Let's do them this way. I'm like, cool, let's do them that way. Like, I don't, no one's like
0: so invested in their ideas that they're the only way to do things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can speak from experience like what Londa just said, like, hey, this isn't working out. Like I called Londa like stressed out. Well, me and Brendan called Londa stressed out and freaking out about like our launches being so close back to back. And then literally I was like, oh, my God, this is so uncomfortable for me because I know like the whole team is involved with this decision and we have to switch everything around. And Lana just goes, hold on a second. And I know you opened up your planner because Lana doesn't use digital planners. She literally writes the shit down in her fucking textbook that she brings every day. And uh, she's like, all right, duh, 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 just like ask like questions and then just rearranged a whole launch in 15 minutes and just like literally saved my life. So Londa, I love you so much. I'm so lucky to have you. You are so amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know it's not always the most comfortable thing in the world for you. You're very uh, you know, behind the scenes, but I do love having you up here as well because You are a huge reason of why this company works, like a massive, massive reason. We love you so dearly. So thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, your expertise, your energy, and all of that good stuff. Well, thank you for having me. Um, You know, people of the internet, please be kind. (laughs) All right. To the rest of you guys, I will catch you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at Manifestation Babe or visiting my website at manifestationbabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest some magic.